Uh, hello. Welcome to another episode of Women Among Them. Uh, with this podcast, each week we'll learn about a female artist, her journey, and her female influences along the way. So thank you for listening. I'm your host, Heather Sino, and today our guest is Mia Allenby. Hi. Hi, Mia. I'm so happy that you asked me to be part of this. Thank you. Oh, no. I am so honored and grateful to just be, like, sitting with you after all this time. I'm in the America, <laughs> and I'm here. <laughs> We're excited oh. to have you, really. Oh. It's a gift. It's You're a treasure. Thank you. <laughs> Mia, well, we kind of just alluded that you're not from here. Mm-hmm. So can you just kind of give the listeners, like, a little yeah. you? Who are you? Um, well, I grew up around Manchester in the UK, so I've just been around there my whole life. So now this is like my first venture out of the little island that is the United Kingdom. So I'm spreading my wings a little bit, and yeah, I, I mean, I'm international now. <laughs> it's a pretty big deal. It really is, I think. So what was your education there? You just graduated, right? Mm-hmm. Like Yeah, yeah. So it was about a year ago that I graduated from what was Leeds College of Art, but has since... They've changed their name, so now they're the Leeds Arts University or something like that. But That's yeah, nice. It was Leeds College of Art when I was there. That's Way back. Important. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the good old days. <laughs> Yeah. So what were you studying there? Like, what was your main focus? So my degree was in fine art, but I was under, well, I was under a media, the media strand to begin with, but then that sort of got abolished and we just had painting, drawing and sculpture, which at first I thought was kind of restrictive, but I, but I was under sculpture and I actually, I actually really enjoyed it. Like the head of sculpture was incredible. She was pretty influential. I've written down her website and everything. She's, she like changed my practice, I think. Well, that's really important to have mm. like good quality like leadership in like a way that mm. helps you grow. Yeah, that doesn't that. always happen, does it? Yeah. No. No. <laughs> I think it no. can. I think it can. Mm. You know, and I think it's like it depends on the student, even like like educator by educator, like oh, yeah. how your student perceives the yeah. knowledge that you're giving out yeah because it's like just like human beings we, we don't all jive oh yeah so it's like you can't expect every teacher to have the same impact on every student Isn't that that'd funny, be though? literally crazy yeah yeah like, it's not funny though that um people really gel with someone and you might just not feel it at all yeah oh yeah mm. Mm. okay so how did you get here like you said you just moved mm. here well I feel like coming from a really small town, I was always online, in my own online world, making connections, meeting other trans people through the, you know. The world. Through the world. The web. The dark web, yeah. And there was actually a a group that I joined um, for transgender artists, and I got speaking to my now husband, Nico McElroy, who you actually went to school with, yes. which is crazy. I mean, that's why I'm here. Um, <laughs> yeah, so he actually came and did his master's in fine art in the UK, just outside of Manchester, and lived with me and my mum for a little bit, which was, uh, no, which was good, which was nice. Um, 
so he he got really used to um, life in the Uk and all its ups and downs and its weather and its um, um, people um, and then he, he just I guess got the urge to come back to his hometown and to set up his life and I was well up for coming with him I'm like um, repelling all the wifely yeah, that wife stereotype, I'm repelling it yeah. quite strongly. Yeah. yeah, well, you can't really... Yeah, it's like a lot of pressure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Especially because I'm actually waiting for my green card to be processed at the minute. So I'm, oh my God, I'm just repelling that wife thing. Yeah. I'm not going to, I'm not going to wipe down the counter. No, just... No. I, I feel you on that one. <laughs> yeah, I just want to fester. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Do you think you'll be here and like pursuing more education or do you think you're just going to try to create and like live in this environment for a while and see where it gets you? You know, it's crazy. I feel like, I mean, College of Art was really, um, like you had to really prove yourself to get into College of Art and you had to, you know, keep up with it every day to be appreciated and for your work to be shown. But I feel like over here, like, the education's crazy. Um, and maybe I didn't think I wanted to do a master's before I came here, but now I'm kind of like, maybe that would make me a much better creative all round. I kind of feel like it would, yeah, um, it would be beneficial. A little bit, it's like you're already expected to yeah. be on a level. Yeah. yeah. Do you think you see that in your personal practice now? Do you think that it's mentally ingrained in you to like kind of just keep pushing or do you now you're kind of like rebelling and being like I can make work when I kind of feel like it? Oh no yeah definitely I think I'm definitely pushing against it a little bit. Yeah. I yeah Nick often says that he doesn't feel like an artist anymore and I mean people say that all the time when they come out of arts education but I'm totally the other way like yeah. you know if you're a creative you, you just are and a spurt of creativity can can be appreciated just as much as from you know from a creative who is throwing out work yeah all day every day yeah yeah I think it's yeah just as valuable yeah, yeah. I I think that too I think it's like sometimes important to like mm. I guess not not to use the word but I will just like marinate yeah. into a space that you find, yeah, like for creating and a process. Yeah, and like a what's your journey for yeah. creating work? How do you go from this is a spurt to mm-hmm. this is an object? Yeah, um, so definitely all of my work is sort of life experience based and it's pretty curative, so usually I have to be. In a, in a bit of a rope before I can, you know, before that spurt happens. Yeah. Um, so, experience-led means that I'm not in a studio and I'm not thinking all the time and I'm not creating. So when something starts building up in my head and I start looking into things, the process is usually quite quick. Yeah. Like I can make a piece of work in a day easily if if there's something rattling around in my head. Yeah. 
so so I mean this piece for this recent show actually came together really quickly in my mind anyway when I I sort of got the idea of what I wanted to work with and what I wanted to see in the space it all came together really quickly in my head the concept and then and then the rest of it is just catching up sort of with my head yeah 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 before I like to make final decisions and put things into um, put things into a piece, I want to know exactly what each what each element represents and right. what the story is and what the meaning behind things is. I think arts education is so important for that specifically. Like now, I'm so much more um, so much there's so much more focus for me on being able to explain what I'm doing and having a meaning behind what I'm putting out there. When you have those first ideas, are you a sketcher? Are you a list maker? Mm. Are you just like, it's in my brain, I'm making it a thing? Mm. I'm d yeah, I'm definitely a sketcher. And I mean, we do have a studio space at home that's off the house, which is quite nice, but I never ever use it, which is, which is funny. Like, I kind of work wherever I work and it happens like at the minute I have a sewing room set up just because I'm just sewing a lot recently and sketches yeah it tends to be sketches like labels all over it lines labels writing you know asterisks yeah please turn over <laughs> yeah so there's a lot of that going on paper all over the wall just to keep the focus there on your website, which is garbage. <laughs> your, the images of your work, though, are gorgeous, oh. and it's hard knowing you for like a few years, and then yeah. like knowing that you're producing work. But you know, all of my friends from school, there's a very tactile closeness to my friends' work because mm. we talk about it, and you know, you're in the room with it, and they're yeah. making decisions. It is interesting to feel a closeness with you, Aww. but see your work usually just in the final presentation of it. Yeah. So it is kind of a separation, you know, mm. there. So it's interesting to talk to you and kind of get in your head about how that beautiful work becomes a thing, you know. Yeah. I think a lot of the themes that I was seeing was you struggling through your identity and self you said something about depressive issues and things like mm. that do you do you do research about that even further when you're coming up with a piece um so i mean it all usually starts from a visual sketch and it'll be terrible but it'll be it'll be exactly what i'm thinking and it'll be perfect for yeah. me to work from anyway yeah um but then, yeah, definitely research comes in later, and but like really quickly. I mean, like I'll get on the internet and it's like keywords like bam, 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 and it's almost like a mind map that just starts yeah. to build out, and it there's like flesh comes on the bone. Yeah. So especially for this piece, I was interested in. Um, it's something I've been looking at recently. I've been starting to try and meditate and to try and put my thoughts and my experiences into a you know into a calm you know trying to um 
sort through the detractors of the day or yeah. whatever. Um, and something Nick put me onto is grounding techniques for depressive episodes. So like things that bring you back things that bring you back to earth. So it could be thinking about your breathing, which comes in a lot in meditation, mm-hmm. or it could be touching something that's real and that's solid. Um, and definitely this piece stemmed from that feeling of feeling the need for restraint. I love this song. Um, so that restraint, um, instead of actually being like um, a way to contain femininity, it was a, it was actually more to do with sort of being held and being protected and um, cherished. That was sort of the idea around it because, yeah, I mean, just being away from home and my medication was just, I mean, I've run out of medication now, so I'm waiting for American things to all slot in yeah, place yeah. and um, getting used to the processes here. But definitely my, my mentality has been up and down. So it was nice, really, to have an opportunity to put everything into a piece and process my feelings. Yeah. It's really interesting. I love it, too. I, I kept, like, peeking in. I haven't... Mm. I still haven't opened it. I'm, I mean, like... It's you just, like... It. It's a treasure. I'm just, like... <laughs> I don't, I don't want to look at it yet. I'm, like, waiting. Yeah. I'm waiting. Um, Maybe okay. it won't be real until it's in the space. Oh, that's kind of how I feel, you yeah, know? You might like, be like, I was uh, holding it, mm. and it felt like this little precious baby. And, mm. you know, and I'm sitting there like, oh, that's I want to, I was like, oh, I want to look at it. And then I'm like, don't look at it. It's not even going to ha- <laughs> like, it, it, you know, I think a lot of times I'm, I have like a background in like working in gallery, you know, oh, yeah. and, and I'm obsessed with like hanging and like the decision making that goes into like, once a piece of art is in a space Mm. and the thought making that goes behind like how you as an artist want someone to perceive it in that space oh yeah you know I think that's like really mindful and I think like that's why I haven't looked at it I'm just like Mm. I want to see it how you wanted people to see it you know so it's lovely and I can't wait that's so selfless though I'm just like so obsessed with like that and like I think also though it might come from a place of like that distance between Mm. your work too where Mm. I've only seen it as like a finished yeah you know maybe I don't know but then at the same time I would have thought I would want to see the piece and want to surely there's so much planning that you have to do there's so much in this yeah (laughs) (laughs) just (laughs) weep yeah just you know fetal position and yeah. playing. Um, no. <laughs> okay. So let's kind of get to your, in, like, your female influences. Like, yeah. how did you get here and who were the ladies that brought you here, kind of? Hmm. Um, well, I mean, I've always been a creative. I've always, like, put things, put things together, whether it was, you know, putting something down on paper or making something or, you know, to... Um, work through you know where I'm at but I think really my art really took off after there's this big horrible thing 
And when I was making notes for this talk, I just couldn't get it out of my head the whole time. And I sort of realised that it really affected the way that the way that I grew up and the way that I started making work. Um, there was this girl that lived close to me, pretty close to me. I lived in Accrington in the UK and she lived in Baycup, which is literally like 20 minute drive away. And basically it was, it was a huge thing. She was a goth and her boyfriend was a goth and basically some thugs kicked her to death in a, oh. yeah, because she was, because she was, I mean like there's a charity about it now and there's all these keywords like Mosha, goth, weirdo, freak and stuff like that. Um, her mum made a huge charity because, you know, she was, she was killed because she was different and it was so close to home and that's always stuck with me like they have wristbands and stuff like that and I feel like it was close to that time that I started really jumping into artwork at school like I always enjoyed art but I never thought there could be um, like that it could be a creative process for me or that I could really put something out there that could help someone or display something or like I just couldn't believe that difference could be could be perceived in such a way like who's so angry about difference and I think that really affected the way I grew up and wanted to express myself and my sort of like I have kind of a candid disregard for what people think anyway or the norm like I like to think that I'm quite um Defiant. Yeah. Yeah. I think. Yeah. So that's definitely where my work started picking up from. How awful is that? Yeah. I mean, it's pretty. I think that's necessary. Like, not necessary, but no, you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, no, as she's a like kid, a figurehead for Jane. For you, and probably a bunch of other people coming out of that same location even yeah. it could be a springboard start yeah. like let's stop this and start you know mm. affecting change in like a different way that we're just kind of like accepting people and like being informed about stuff like that it definitely brings the talents that you have and the voice that you have it brings it to the forefront and you yeah. realize that you really can there, there are things that people will only understand and contemplate if it's sort of thrown out there yeah. and the more it's thrown out there the you know the more people are subjected to things um, you know that's what it takes for change to come about yeah not knowing like not living in a world where <laughs> it's just their own experience yeah like it's it isn't really important that we just sort of everyone's experience is unique and also shared I yeah. think it's like all everyone lives in pain oh yeah so it's like it is important that you know we all just sort of feel everyone else's pain to an extent i guess or know that it is that it exists yeah 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 so you moved from realizing you could create something Mm. about like an issue Mm. basically yeah 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 i think I mean, like, you know, when you're of a certain age and you, you're in an art class, it all tends to be a task 
and everyone's yeah. on the same task. But then I think as soon as things started um, lifting from the like the curriculum, the written plan, that I was I was definitely bringing in, you know, things about myself from the get go. Like when I was twelve, thirteen, like I want to make work. I want to do things, even in a sketchbook that only my art teacher is going to see. Like I want to put down things about me and how I feel. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's important. After that period, did you encounter any other... I know you said your college professor was pretty influential in moving you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, like, I feel like my art didn't really take off until I was at College of Art in Leeds and, like, I'd moved away from home. That's, That's when I changed my name as well, actually. Like, I got out of the house. It was my dad that didn't want me to change my name. So it was like, okay, dad, like I'm moving away and I'm like, I'm going to do my own thing because you don't have to see it. You don't have to be a part of this experience. So it it was like a whole new world. And like people didn't know who I was before. Like I was Mia from the get go. And that was, that was probably like the best decision I ever made because it was like, no one knew any different. And like people could say, oh, you know, in fine art, there's this, like, you know, there's someone that's trans and it's, it's, like, something I've not experienced before. Like, people could still say things, but no one knew that there was something before me yet. No one had any insight into it. Um, and that was really special. But, yeah, so the first um, the first times I was interacting with Paula, who was my um, sculpture tutor, she was head of sculpture, she is, like... I mean, like, I was on her Facebook yesterday, just like, okay, let's just, like, reignite and, like, get back in the feeling of how, like, overwhelmed I was by Paula. I'm on her Facebook, like, do-do-do-do-do. And first of all, like, one of her profile pictures is she's dressed up as Frida Kahlo, and it's like, what the fuck? Like, you're incredible. Sorry, am I allowed to swear? Yeah. Um, and she, like... I remember I was in first year, so she wasn't even there to critique my work, not really, not until we'd been put into strands. And she came over and was just commenting on something, and I was just like, this woman is interested in my work, like, why does she even want to speak to me? She has, like, yeah, like, she had black hair with, like, like a wisp of white, and she had a gold tooth. I'm so, like, oh, oh my god, like, defiant isn't the word, like, and I don't think she even knows that she's defiant, but as an artist, all of her work is about, like, I keep saying defiant, but, like, women and defiance, like, I think woman and I think defiance, like, at the same time, like, it's a balancing act, Yeah. like, how how do women make a name for themselves without being a little bit defiant, Yeah. and she, (laughs) she is, like, incredible. Especially one of her pieces um, is called Transcend- Transcendental Housework. And she um, she morphed like household domestic objects, like woman objects, like yeah. wooden spoons and shit. And she like um, attached knives and things like that. So they became like these like shrine-like objects that were also defensive and like weapons. And it's so like... Like, her whole story is that she's, she was making art, she was a wild child, and then she had kids, and she was like, this is a joke. And I'm like, 
you know, like, she had to rethink her whole life. She has this piece where um, she knitted a baby bonnet out of um, stinging nettle yarn. So she said the whole time, like, her hands were bright red and tingling. Oh. And it, she was just like, like, everything beautiful comes with pain. Yeah. And that was just so interesting to me. Yeah. Like, I went to hear her talk, and, you know, she starts talking about having kids, and, like, so ignorant. I just, like, switched off, like, oh, well, this doesn't really... This, this I can't relate to this at all, dot, yeah. dot, dot. But then she, she talks about how, like, she struggled through it, and that the artwork helped her, um, you know, helped her think about where she was and balance out her life. I think that's really interesting. Yeah. She's pretty crazy. <laughs> oh, well, cool. <laughs> yeah. That's really beautiful, though. Yeah. It's like, yeah. It's like a really... <laughs> She's like a Susie Sue figure. Like, she looks like a rock star. Ooh. Yeah, that's where I'm at. I want to be a rock star now. I don't want to be an artist anymore, Heather. Give it I up. Be a rock Give star. it up. Yeah. You hear it. You heard it first here yeah. on the podcast. <laughs> so, did you have any? Um, like, I know it's easy to be, you know, inspired by people who are like close to you. Did you have any of these, like, you know, far off? I saw at a gallery and fell in love and mm. moved me or, you know, anything yeah. like that that's just kind of like yeah. scoping you out on the internet during a project <laughs> and... <Yeah. laughs> I mean, isn't that how it always happens? Yeah. You find like a little, a little tiny image and you From try like and... From like the 70s? Yeah. <laughs> and, and then you you're try just and like, blow it up and it's it? all pixels. Like, yeah. this is incredible. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I think like the first time I was really like overwhelmed by someone's work was when I was looking at Deanna Arbus and her like like just depicting people that that weren't cookie cutter um, and I know she's like criticised for being a bit of a warrior now and people don't know whether it's a good thing or a bad thing that she's you know looking at these people and she's so interested in these people with difference but like, I mean, even just researching for this, one of the first images that popped up when I typed in her name was um, two young girls, they're like playing dress up or something, um, with girls with Down syndrome and they're just smiling and laughing. And it's so like, where else can you see that? Yeah. That was so overwhelming to me, seeing images like that. Especially, I mean, there's a lot of like transsexuals, drag queens and like, transgender people in her photography as well that I mean in the time that that was like I mean not a death sentence but like your life was gonna be fucked up forever yeah. if you were you know if you had the balls to put yourself out there like that so yeah Deanna I was like what the hell that really threw me off um but then growing up I mean like Nan Golden as well, I really liked her. Like, I was really photographic at one point. I really wanted to capture something, you know, something really beautiful like Nan Golden does, just like a moment. But then, be because I'm so, I'm really not, um, like I have no loyalty to a particular medium. I yeah. just jump depending on, you know, what what fits yeah. by, for the project. So, like, 
maybe Deanna Ivis and Mona Hatoum don't seem like they're connected at all, but conceptually, I feel like the underlying themes are so similar. And looking at Mona Hatoum's work really helped, I mean, and Paula as well, really helped me like strip things back and realize that I don't literally have to show something when I can, you know, I don't have to depict something when I can, um, I can tell that story through, through a piece and there can be telling elements that tell the story for me. Do you think that you were given an education where you were fed a curiosity about like, what are women making? Or do you think that was yourself? Or do you think you could have been like pushed? We actually did a project in our first year. We had to write a paper and we could, we could choose from one of like four titles. It was for, um, it was for like a critical thinking class. And the title I chose was Why Are There No, Why Are There No Famous Women Artists? And it was basically like looking, like I was like, there are famous, famous women who are yeah. artists. But sort of through, you know, researching about it, all the like hardcore icons of the art world are men. Yeah. Like over time, because women really were not allowed in that sphere yeah. at all. So I think from there, that's when I started with, like, I mean, there were lots of people who were showing female artist work. And I feel like not until I wrote that paper did I realize how important that is, like still to push. Yeah. That women have never had that opportunity. So yeah. like the more female art we see and the more like fucking gut-wrenching it is, the better. Yeah. It's really important, I think. I think so too. Yeah. I view that as being given an opportunity, mm. oh, you know, yeah. early on to be educated about that and uh. confront that issue. I I do th I think you're very like fortunate to have been oh, given yeah. that as yeah. like a as as a, as a yeah, yeah, to just kind of like face that very yeah. early on. Mm. Um yeah, that's really lucky. No, I agree. I mean, like, I had no idea. I was like, I don't really understand this title. Yeah. And then, yeah, I mean, sometimes, I mean, you can hate papers as much as, as, much as you want, but sometimes that, re like, being forced to research into something, it opens up a whole new world. Yeah. And I think, like, that's why we're, I wanted to do the show, too, with you, because mm. it is just... Even though we kind of live in like a little city, you yeah. know, it's like it's necessary to show women's work. We're saying meaningful things. Oh, I think definitely. you're saying beautiful, meaningful things, and I think oh, it's likewise. I think it's just kind of like necessary to tell these stories. Yeah, you know. Um, thank you for sharing your stories. So no, far. thank yeah, you. Feel lucky, very lucky. Um, so, um, so you do have this show coming up. Do you have any <laughs> uh, opening in March? Um, do you do you have anything else in the works? Like, are you kind of are you at a, in a sketching point? Are you you know? It's curious. Oh no, yeah. Like I really, this is 
like lit a fire I feel like like I want to make more work and yeah approach someone with new work yeah I'm feeling so many things right now you know like I know I'm writing poems and I'm like writing loads of shit down yeah this thing this things yet to be made this year and experiences to have definitely yeah oh yeah That's I don't know what they are yet well, it's going down we need to yeah pull the hell out of it it's exciting that you're here okay so I was talking to one of my friends the other day who is a gay male and he's fabulous and I miss him um, <laughs> and basically I just watched the documentary on Netflix about Marsha P. Johnson and that's another thing that I was thinking of when you were talking about you know um unintentional ignorance towards things mm -hmm. like I had absolutely no idea I mean I'd, I'd seen her image and I knew that she was sort of like a martyr to the transgender clothes but I had no idea and similarly my friend Aaron in the UK who's a filmmaker shout out um, <laughs> he was really cool um, he'd watched um, the film Milk and he's been watching some like stuff about you know the LGBT struggle through history and you know front runners that have changed the game and like now he's volunteered for an lgbt group and he's making films with them and you know working closely with people and i feel like anyone out there who feels who feels this difference definitely looking into the history of things really puts it puts it put it makes you feel like your struggle isn't for nothing. I think it's always worth looking at the backstory. Like it puts you in a place, and yeah. I think it makes you feel not puts so you, alone. Yeah, it puts you in a community. Yeah. Like you've already got your people. Yeah, and there, yeah. I think that is important because it's like no matter how different mm. people are yeah. or what has happened to you you know it's happened to someone else oh, you know yeah. and I, I think I think that is like really important to like Definitely. young people young women like ev everyone like yeah. you know it's it's okay to kind of and now very like timely to kind of just be like mm. we're all like it, every story is important Definitely. everyone yeah not yeah. you know like you said not just like men you know mm -hmm. like our education our art education not just like it's yeah everyone's story is valuable yeah thank you for sharing your story today thank you so much thank thanks you thanks for being here um thank you listeners for being out there you know tu tuning in uh thank you mia uh, Mia, if people want to find you on the internet, like mm -hmm. everyone does, uh, yeah. <laughs> can you maybe like give them a place to go? Absolutely. So I've been told that Heather can actually drop a link to my artist website down below. And I'm on Instagram at sasmia, S-A-S-S-M-I-A. And my email is m.c.allenb at gmail.com. I always enjoy receiving emails. So Aww. yeah, whiz me an email. That's cute. Maybe I'll send you an email now. Oh my god. <laughs> we'll be pen pals, but we now we live like fifteen minutes away from each other. We can still be pen pals. That'd be cute. Yeah. I'll send you a package. 
me and I are pen pals now, guys. <laughs> now that we live in like the same city. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Mia. <laughs>